0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubenow. Uh, today we're going to be looking at Season 1, Episode 12, Uneasy Writer. And uh, joining me to talk about this episode is a filmmaker, editor, and host of her own podcast, The Land Before Time Land. It's Madeline May. Welcome, Madeline.
1: Thank you for having me. Uh, I also want to mention that I am in a band called Inkblot uh, with uh, somebody that I know uh, who's really...
0: (laughs) Of course, yes. Uh, Also, the... Uh, guitarist, singer, songwriter in the band ink blot, uh, of which I am the drummer and o- occasional <laughs> singer. I, I love, I mean, yeah.
1: And I love how much it means to you. Like you just remember to say that <laughs> every single time to people are like, oh yeah, I'm in, I'm in this band, I guess, whatever. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Uh, I love you, Brian. You know that. And, uh, I'm excited for us to play again once, um, there aren't any, um, uh, infectious, uh, gas that turns people out, uh, inside out going on outside.
0: Yeah. Once that whole thing, uh, dies down, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love being in the band. We, we got to, uh, you know, play gigs pretty regularly for gosh, almost a year before this whole thing started.
1: Yeah, we were doing really well uh, before. Like, we had a bunch of shows lined up before um, the the coronavirus struck. So hopefully, I think we'll be able to get that again. So, you know, people listening to the podcast, uh, you know, stay tuned. We'll we'll be performing uh, before you know it.
0: Yeah. And in the meantime, you can still listen to uh, the four-song demo we recorded on SoundCloud. I'll put the links in the description of uh, this episode. Um but yeah check it out ink blot the band on all the socials uh yeah Stick that in your ears after you get done listening to this podcast
1: yeah, and fucking- Madeline's
0: <laughs> podcast, I should mention. Yes. Oh, this-
1: uh, listen. Yeah. If, if you want, it's, it's a land before time. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll say that more. I'm sure there's a plug I get to do at the end or some shit. Yeah. But-
0: <laughs> uh, well, no, we can talk about it briefly just because you were also kind enough to have me on as a guest. Uh, my episode will be coming out in a few weeks, um, I assume.
1: Uh, in a a few months we're not as as uh we're doing it bi-weekly i think this is a weekly podcast
0: okay yes Uh, yes it is
1: so you'll yeah you'll in like two or so months we'll we'll have your episode up
0: cool so yeah look for that it'll be uh we talked about land before time seven the stone of cold fire
1: Yes, uh, which, which I pitched to you as the one with aliens in it.
0: Yes, and uh, <laughs> if, just to sum up my thoughts on it, well, to, to quote Jay Sherman, it stinks.
1: <laughs> uh, s- speaking of it stinks.
0: <laughs> yeah, so let's, if you're ready, let's get into this episode. Let's do it. So yeah, uneasy writer. I guess, you know, just talk about this episode in general. This, uh, they kind of do... I think what every sitcom does, but usually when it's in like it's I don't know, third or fourth season where they're like, well, let's let's give our main character a new job or let's take them out of their normal routine or whatever. But here we it's not even the first season and they're like, well, let's make Jay not a film critic anymore.
1: Uh yeah, um it's it's something that happened a lot in the Simpsons as well, with Homer had like a new job every week it seemed for um a couple of seasons. I guess he still does. I mean that's still kinda of yeah. the pattern <laughs> with him. Yeah. Um I, I, I guess I guess for me like I, I guess just to quickly kinda give my background on the show, the critic, um, I didn't really get into it until college. Because when I was younger, I didn't like watching animated sitcoms. Like when I was a kid, like I needed like flashing colors in front of my eyes, like at (laughs) all times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like a show like The Simpsons, like which I watched because it was on and, you know, my parents like watched Fox, the channel pretty regularly. So I would watch, you know, when it was on. But like it wasn't my favorite show because I wanted to watch something with explosions and like superheroes and stuff. So that that's tends to be the stuff that i would I would gravitate towards. But in college, um, one of my roommates was a big Simpsons fan and got me into that. And I binged like the golden era, you know, like seasons three to nine and mm-hmm. and loved every second. And he was also a big fan of The Critic. And um, I didn't watch as much of that. I watched a couple of episodes, but like I remember them being like the funniest things I'd ever seen and really uh, <laughs> liking it. And, and to this day, I still remember like the, the, the Orson Welles impression. Um, and oh, yeah. I, I still remember, I still go like, Oh, they're even better when you're dead <laughs> and stuff like this <laughs> just sticks in my mind, like forever. And I, I just, I, it's, it's really funny. And so it was really fun to kind of come back to this show that I've been meaning to finish uh, for this podcast.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, I agree. A, a lot of the, the jokes in, in this show really do hold up. Like they're so memorable. Like they just kind of, you know, stick in your memory. Um, which is, yeah, certainly why, you know, I'm doing this podcast in the first place. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into this episode. Uh, I'll, I'll just give the, uh, synopsis here. Jay quits his show to become a truck driver after he's asked to promote savvy Indian chewing tobacco on the show. And yeah, that, that unfortunately plays a, a pretty big role in this, uh, episode. That whole problematic depiction of, um. In Like, the savvy Indian chewing tobacco thing. There's just no way to get around that.
1: Yeah, this episode has not aged well. Uh, um, there, there are multiple jokes in this, in this one that I was um, definitely uncomfortable with. But it, I, th- I still enjoyed it, I think, for the most part. Like, even with, you know, admittedly, like, all of the problems of which, of which there are many with this episode. I, I still had a good time watching it.
0: Cool. Yeah, I I did, too, even though it's like definitely not one of my favorite critic episodes. There's there's there are some good gags in here. Um, So, yeah, so let's start uh, just. Yeah. At the beginning of this episode, we start on uh, Jay's show where he's reviewing Jack Nicholson in Chicken, his follow up to Wolf. Cock a doodle do, baby. Don't be scared.
2: Scared of what? You're a big chicken.
3: Just for that, I'm going to peck up your wall. Cluck, cluck.
1: Uh, Yeah, very, very simple gag. I I like the mention of of Wolf, uh, a a movie I I very much remember watching as a kid. Uh, Uh, (laughs) I've never seen that one. Uh, I was probably too young to watch it, but I I was a big fan of werewolves growing up. So, like, I loved (laughs) uh, werewolf movies. Uh, I like that they just become wolves at the end. Sure. The (laughs) the ending is like, oh, we're just wolves forever now, or whatever the fuck that ending was. So I I did appreciate this joke. And I like the final punchline of him, like, just pecking holes into the wall.
0: That (laughs) was was good, yeah. That was pretty good. Wait, so what are your favorite werewolf movies? Oh, God.
1: Uh, I mean, it's cliche, but, you know, American Werewolf in London is probably the best one. Oh, sure. Um, Yeah, I I love that movie um, uh, a whole lot.
0: Uh, I remember hearing once that they, um, I guess before they made the sitcom, they were going to make a sequel to What We Do in the Shadows, but it was going to be... Uh, focused on the the werewolves it was gonna be sort of like a spin-off movie
1: oh that would have been that would have been great those I love the like the frat boy kind of werewolf yeah guys in that movie are so funny
0: oh God <laughs> yeah the the whole movie and the whole show are hilarious anyway so yeah we get Jack Nicholson as the chicken then we also he we kind of roll right into the next movie that Jay is reviewing uh Rocky 6 which is also Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. Just a very simple gag of Rocky facing off in the ring against Leatherface with his chainsaw, which is just... Amazing, I I would definitely go see that if it was real. I,
1: I like he I like uh, he makes some kind of joke like now you're wondering like were people in the audience screaming for him to cut off Sylvester Stallone's head? Yes, and it yeah. was me <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which I appreciated. And uh, I think this is where the 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 guy comes in the Ted Turner like character.
0: Yeah, Duke Phillips. Uh, he basically interrupts the show to uh, do basically what we're u- kind of used to Duke doing at this point, which is him meddling in Jay's show, trying to get him to do different things to get better ratings or just be more appealing in general. But uh, but yeah, this time he says he wants Jay to advertise uh, savvy Indian chewing tobacco on the show. Um, and I think... Um, I don't know if it's right here. They do it right away. But they basically say that it, they changed their name from Savage Indian Chewing Tobacco, which I thought maybe they were going to do some sort of like, you know, uh, satire of like different things that are named after native culture, like, you know, the different sports teams and, and whatnot. But uh, but no, they, they just sort of mentioned that and then just plowed straight ahead.
1: Yeah, it, it was a weird joke because, like, I think what they were trying to say with that was, like, oh, the, um, the, the icon used to be worse and it used to be problematic. But then it also kind of implied, like, now it's better because, like, Jay Sherman's problem with doing the commercials is he doesn't want to promote tobacco to children. Even though, like, it's still an offensive stereotype. It's just a different one on the cover.
0: Yeah, it seems like the the show is, is you know, coming down against uh, product placement and, uh, you know, how how that sort of, like, cheapens the, the message of of the show, but they're not coming down against the whole, you know, problematic depiction of uh, Native culture.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I guess it was the 90s. Like, this is probably as progressive as you're going to get to uh, Native Americans in a cartoon sitcom unfortunately which i mean which is not an excuse but i can also see how how this would happen like i'm sure some writer thought oh this is a progressive joke but you know yeah in the in 2020 <laughs> like no that's very much not a progressive joke
0: yeah and this was this was still i think a couple years before we would get king of the hill which probably still has the best portrayal of a native character probably in any sitcom animated or, or otherwise yeah and, and even like
1: multiple uh, native american characters which is uh, really cool right i will say that this exchange does have maybe my favorite joke in the episode where he says that uh he's very popular among children and then like the kids put, <laughs> put a piece of meat on the screen like yeah. look it's the baloney man <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> here's a fun fact burt reynolds is balder than me
3: Look, it's
0: Baloney Man. Ah, uh, that was great. Yeah, they the show occasionally will, like, cut away to the people watching Jay's show and just the various ways they make fun of him, mm-hmm. um, which is always good. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and then, so yeah, so Jay basically says he doesn't want, you know, to do it, he, or, like, he refuses to do it, so Duke kind of threatens him, saying, oh, anyone could review movies, even a trained seal." And then we actually like Duke reveals that he does have a trained seal who is reviewing movies.
3: We call him our seal of approval.
2: Uh is this intended to scare me because it's not
0: ah! Last action hero. So this was yeah, just kind of <laughs> extremely ridiculous. The uh the seal like like bops a basketball off his nose into like two baskets that say like approve or don't approve in order to review (laughs) the movies.
1: It's a good visual gag along with the one after it where, um, Jay's like, is this supposed to like scare me? And then like the seal starts attacking him, which is, yeah, it's one of those classic (laughs) kind of physical humor things.
0: Uh, so then we get kind of back into the show. Uh, we get this, Jay is reviewing, um, Jerry Lewis in Schenectady, kind of inspired by Tom Hanks in Philadelphia.
1: Now,
2: could you tell me about the day you were fired from Weintraub, Myers, and Melman? Wineglass, Melman, and Schmelman?
3: No, Weintraub, Myers, and Melman.
2: Wino, Schmageggy, and Hassan Zephyr.
3: No further questions.
2: Nice lady!
0: At first I thought, oh, is, is the critic predicting the future again? Because we got, there's a real movie called Synecdoche, New York. I was
1: thinking that too, unfortunately
0: yeah. not. <laughs> no. And like the whole Jerry Lewis, uh, like parody we kind of get in this segment, like, I don't know, just kind of simple. Like, Like, I never thought like Jerry Lewis is all that funny. Like he kind of does just say like, he just sort of, you know, he says funny words. There's really no thought or real joke to it. He just, he's just kind of a goofball.
1: And that's, and that's as far as this joke goes. It's like, hey, remember how Jerry Lewis exists? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) Although probably maybe the only modern joke about Jerry Lewis that isn't about the telethon. That is true. Um, Yeah.
1: I, I, I guess points for that, or I guess, or even like, Maybe they're trying to make fun of that really serious movie he did, like The the Day the Clown Cried. Oh, yes. and Maybe maybe that's part of the joke or something. Oh, maybe I I didn't,
0: yeah, (laughs) I hadn't considered that. But yeah, The Day the Clown Cried, where he plays a uh, clown who entertains children in a uh, concentration camp during World War II.
1: Uh yeah, which uh, would I guess would later get success when they renamed it "Life Is Beautiful." I guess the the audiences weren't weren't ready for it, Uh, it, because it's basically the same kind of the same idea.
0: I guess. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God! Um, All right, so. Um. Yeah. So after that, Jay is interrupted by an actual uh, Native American, like kind of holding a sign promoting the uh, tobacco. So that prompts Jay to tear up his contract and quit the show. And then, of course, you kind of know what's coming. The, the shredded up contract lands at the feet of the Indian who just looks at the camera and tears up like the classic commercial.
1: Yes, it's incredibly predictable. Um, I don't know. Maybe this was a new, maybe this was new in like the 90s when this came out. (laughs) Um, I mean, really, I've only seen this joke work once, and that was in the Futurama episode where they go to Mars with the, um, the, the, the Martian, the native Martians. And um, I think one of them, I can't remember who, like throws a can on the ground and the Martian does the the cry thing. And Leela says, they're so protective of the environment. And then he picks it up. He says, like, like Sharon used to drink cola. <laughs> <or something.
0: laughs> That's pretty <laughs> is, good. Yeah, funny. they s- subvert it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> and also, in case people didn't know, the actor in that commercial, not even a real Native American. of course, of yeah. course. <laughs> God so, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's see. So, oh yeah. So Jay, so Jay quits the show. We and then we then uh I guess flash forward to Jay and Marty uh having lunch where Jay's just kind of talking about you know what just happened. Marty says, you know, that's okay. Money isn't important. And then Jay starts panicking because You know, it's New York um, (laughs) and he's probably doomed. So he immediately begs for a job at the uh, restaurant from the the teenage clerk who we learn is is named not Mr. Pizza Face. It's Pizza Face. Oh, please. I got to have this job, Mr. Pizza Face.
3: That's Pizza Face. And we only hire senior citizens. It's part of our Enslave the elderly program. Now that Greece has reached its boiling point, thousands of French fries are entering the skirmish. Quit goofing around and put on your hairnet. And that's the
0: way it is. Is it supposed to be Walter Cronkite who's working in the restaurant?
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I think it's supposed to be a news person. Yeah, I think it is Walter Cronkite. I think that's the joke.
0: Yeah, I definitely got kind of a, yeah, like a news journalist vibe. And yeah, kind of looks like Cronkite, so yeah, I'll just I'll just say that's that's who it is. Are we still in the restaurant at that point? No, I think
1: No, yeah, he does. He goes back to talk to his, his son, and his son recommends
0: he takes a, a vacation. Right. So then yeah, Jay imagines himself Day
2: five of my European vacation. Where to next? Milano? Brussels. Ooh, how about beautiful Naples? Hmm. Ah, Naples. Why visit when you can bite the cookie that bears thy name?
0: So he's at home watching his own show, where he has been replaced by uh, Rex Reed, who is happily promoting the uh, chewing tobacco. And um, before I revisited this show, I didn't really know who Rex Reed was, but apparently he was—he's or he is another New York film critic who is kind of famous for making kind of inflammatory statements. Okay. Like, like did you know who Rex Reed no, was? I, I, like I, no, I didn't know.
1: I was wondering if it was like a minor character that I didn't see because I haven't watched all the episodes yet.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he's drawn a lot of criticism for... Um, here, I have his uh, Wikipedia page up here. Uh, so let's see. He wrote uh, about... So about the... 2005 South Korean movie Old Boy, uh, which is a a great film. Oh, one of my Uh, favorites. So he wrote, okay, content warning for uh, mild racism, I guess. What else can you expect from a nation weaned on kimchi, a mixture of raw garlic and cabbage buried underground until it rots, dug up from the grave and then served in earthenware pots sold at the Seoul airport as souvenirs. Jesus so, Christ. Dude, fuck yeah. this guy.
1: God, what an yeah. asshole. I'm glad, you know what? I'm glad he gets his, I'm glad he, <laughs> he loses the show then at the end. Fuck that guy. Oh my god, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's always a very kind of quick throwaway gag, but there are other uh, times on The Critic where they mock Rex Reed. Uh, you kind of have to pay attention, but but yeah, it's it's there. So yeah, he's just kind of yeah, just a real nasty guy, I guess.
1: He yeah, he sounds like a, a, a fucking charmer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- th- there's a joke in this scene that uh, I, I mean, I I wasn't really too happy with um the one where uh, uh Jay takes starts taking uh like PMS pills or oh. something. Yes, uh, which uh, that was a, that was a hard one to get through. That that, uh, was, that yeah. be very so ba- uncomfortable.
0: So basically, Jay, it like to to make some extra cash. He is testing a PMS drug, which yeah, just makes him kind of act in these in these sort of stereotypically feminine ways, where he's yeah, cons- he has mood swings. He's concerned about gaining weight. It's just yeah, it's not. That's that. That's about where I, I think uh, gender discourse was in in the mid '90s. Uh, you know, the it's very
1: the unfortunate. age of um.
0: <laughs> yeah, like that. That this was the age of like married with children. Like, if you've ever seen that, the classic yeah. like, the classic like you know working class slob who has a hot wife who he hates. <laughs> uh yeah.
1: I mean, I guess, I guess, just for me, it's kind of extra uh, uncomfortable. Like, I'm sure uh, your audience can't tell because of my my beautiful, sing-song voice, but I am a trans woman. And um, just uh, any kind of joke like this, I just I do get really uh, uncomfortable with, especially with how prominent it was. And I kind of just, you know, um, uh, came out a few months ago. So for a large portion of my life, I I did laugh at jokes like this. Mm -hmm. And it's only kind of recently that I understood like, oh, that's why it's it's so wrong. And now that I kind of see me, you know, being kind of made fun of, like the joke is is that, you know, Jay's acting like a woman when he is actually a man like how funny that is that yeah and you know i just yeah stuff like that just makes me very uncomfortable
0: yeah i know and that's something that uh i've like really like uh become tried to become more aware of recently is just you know what is it like to see like your identity being used as a punchline because like honestly that's something that i as a straight white male will probably never experience. So I just try to, you know, be uh, like aware of the the shows or movies that I watch doing that. And and yeah, just try to listen to, uh, you know, my friends and 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 people uh, who, you know, are the victims of that whenever they complain about that to really like, yeah, just take them seriously and, and really just pay attention to that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's all you can do. All you can do is, is be an ally because we all, you know, there's not a single person that understands every single marginalized person, you know, simultaneously that just, uh, doesn't exist. Every person, you know, from every possible group has some kind of, you know, learning and educating to do just because of how our society is built. So, you know, don't feel too bad brian about you know never getting it on the first try because most of us don't and just you know do what you can listen to people and then you know just just do your best that's all yeah. i try to do that's all anybody can really do
0: yeah yeah that's all we can do uh cool so um <laughs> so let's i guess soldier on from that um yeah very, so, I know, very
1: funny happy conversation yeah. in our uh, <laughs> in, the, in the comedy podcast
0: <laughs> so then um Oh, yeah. So yeah. So Margot drops by, which is where we got that whole thing. Um, and then we kind of get a lot of these kind of rapid fire, like flashbacks and, and, and things like that. Because like directly after this, we flashback to Jay uh, graduating college. Look, don't panic.
3: Remember how insecure you were when you graduated from college?
2: Dad, you've always been sort of like a father to me. What do you think I should do with my life?
3: Oh that's a good question son now here's one for you they're called fingers and yet they don't thing noodle that one for a while
0: I mean it's a it's a parody of the scene from uh, the graduate but um, Jay is talking to his dad which we get i love I love this line where Jay's like um like hey dad you were kind of a father figure to me <laughs> like can I get some advice <laughs> um Uh, I thought that was great. And then uh, Franklin in his typical Franklin uh, being his typical Franklin self, uh, of course, just says a nonsense sentence, which actually um, Ethan pointed out, I believe, in in episode five, this exact line shows up in The Simpsons. Um, I don't recall which episode, but yeah, he says they call them fingers, but you never see them thing. Which, yeah, just a weird, I is guess. That,
1: is that something that Homer says?
0: I think so, yeah. I think maybe when he's tripping on the chili from the chili cook-off or something. Uh, oh, I'd- right,
1: right. You know, I actually I actually had a question about that because, like I said, it's been a long time since I've, I've seen this show. Um, and as I was watching it, like I was noticing it in the credits, like all of these, like, names, like... Uh, Brad Bird uh, was a consulting producer. I saw Judd Apatow's name uh, in the credits, and I saw that at the end it, it was also a Gracie Films, like The Simpsons was. So were writers, like, working on these shows simultaneously at this time? Like, how was that workload presented?
0: Um, I really don't know. I think for the most part they had separate um, writing staff. Like, I know that... Uh, uh, Al Jean and Mike Reese worked on both the Simpsons and the critic. Uh, but I think, you know, as producer, like maybe they're not like, you know, hunkered down in front of a, a computer writing for eight hours a day. But, um, yeah, I think they had separate writing staffs. Uh, I know that like Judd Apatow wrote for the critic, but not the Simpsons. Um, Ken Keeler, uh, was on the critic and then went to like Futurama. um, so yeah, there's def- there was definitely a lot of like cross pollination. Um, so yeah, maybe that's how it happened. Because I know like Brad Bird worked on both. Right, that I know that's that. His, yeah. <clears throat> oh, and I just found uh, the Simpsons episode. It is, it's it's the uh, the weed episode where Homer is like becomes a uh, uh, hype man for like marijuana. Uh, and oh, it's actually
1: right. Is that the one with the farmers?
0: Oh, uh god, I don't know. I just have I'm it, sorry, I, <laughs> just, I
1: just <laughs> It is uh
0: season 13 episode 16. Oh, okay, so it's like much later then. Yeah, and it's actually Otto the bus driver that says the uh the the line in question.
3: They call him Fingers, but I never see him thing. Oh, there they go.
0: All right, so uh, yeah, we are in the middle of this flashback to Jay's uh, Jay graduating college, um, and s- like one of his dad's friends, I guess, just says uh, he gives him one word of advice: trucking, not plastics like <laughs> in the graduate. He says trucking, um, and that gives Jay the idea to be a trucker.
1: And I was pretty excited at this moment because. I'm, okay, I, I I need to phrase this a certain way. Uh, I'm not fascinated by trucking. I'm fascinated by people who are fascinated with trucking, because uh, <laughs> like there are people that are like super into this idea. Um, I think in, like in in like the 70s, like there was this big craze of people that just loved trucking. Like America was had trucker fever or something.
0: Hmm. Uh. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't really know. Um,
1: well, the only thing I ever think, I mean, my favorite thing that to ever come of trucking is uh, the, the the cinematic classic Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, <laughs> oh, my of, God. One of, one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. I've watched yeah. it like a hundred times. <laughs> yes, where,
0: uh, where Sylvester Stallone wins back his son by winning an arm wrestling tournament.
1: And it's it's even more incredible than it sounds. Uh, go watch that movie, audience, if you haven't seen it. It's a canon film, so you know it's amazing.
0: Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remember the the kid in that, the guy that plays Sylvester Stallone's son, being so annoying.
1: Oh, he's he's awful. Like it's <laughs> it's and the movie's just bonkers. Like people are just like losing their minds over like fucking arm wrestling. It it makes no yeah. sense. <laughs> it's it's so cool.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh all right um so so yeah Jay gets the idea to be a trucker then Margot reminds Jay or he she like cautions Jay about like a sudden career change reminding him of when he was a lumberjack now Jay don't make any rash career moves remember when you
1: dropped out of school to become a lumberjack
2: Timber Tim Burton. Well, the Lumberjacks liked me. We ate like kings that night.
0: So that's what I meant when I was saying we get a lot of these like rapid flashbacks in a row. Like definitely like that sort of family guy style of humor, except years before family guy. Yeah,
1: that was my one, the one thing I was thinking about because in this episode specifically, there are so many jokes kind of happening like rapid fire, especially at this point, that it it did really remind me of like, Early Family Guy, like the like the first couple seasons, which you know I argue is actually pretty good. Like I, I'm actually think those, sure. those those first couple of seasons are actually pretty solid. Um, and also different from New Family Guy, because New Family Guy like isn't as fast with the jokes it used to be. It kind of just has a couple jokes that it extends to five minutes and like that's the joke that it extended to five minutes. Right. But in the early days of Family Guy, they would just have like one joke after the other. So even if you like didn't like one of them, there was probably like another one coming up in a couple seconds that you were gonna like. Yeah. Which which is also I think really similar to like what The Simpsons was doing around this time. Like seasons like four and five were really kind of heavy on flashbacks. Um, were really kind of more rapid fire than than the even like sev- seasons like seven and eight were.
0: Yeah, and uh, I remember like a lot of uh scenes in The Simpsons. Like the scene would start with like the family watching television, so we watch whatever ridiculous thing they're they're seeing on TV. So that's just like a quick throwaway joke we get to begin the scene and then whatever the family is talking about is just completely different. Um, yeah, they do a lot of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I guess I make I assume that these these um, these two guys were probably writing during that time on The Simpsons, so it makes sense that they would transfer that over yeah. to the critic.
0: Yeah, so then... Uh, so, yeah, so this flashback that we get of uh, Jay briefly working as a lumberjack, he tops over a tree and it crushes a spotted owl sanctuary. It's
1: very, very sad moment.
0: Oh, very, <laughs> very sad. But then Jay's like, but we ate like kings that night. <laughs> oh, which is um, great.
1: Oh, no. They must have killed a lot of owls because I don't think there's a lot of meat on, on their bones. <laughs> so it's <laughs> a very sad day for spotted owls. <laughs>
0: You know, I, I've never eaten an owl, so I have no idea. But oh, uh,
1: uh, oh god, you're missing out. It tastes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like owl.
0: You'll you'll understand oh, once you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and then, I guess, yeah. From there, we just sort of jump to Jay just driving down the street, and he gets uh, a bunch of fruit dumped on him by a by a trucker, and then he does like. Of course, a Carmen Miranda thing, which feels like it's just ripped straight from like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. But I guess it's something you have to do if you dump a bunch of fruit on someone.
1: Yeah. This is when we go back to this being one of the weaker episodes. of the series. Yeah. Not, you know, some jokes just kind of <laughs> fall flat in this episode. And he just yeah. waiting for them to end.
0: <laughs> but then we get to he so. Jay interviews at a trunking company, and I think we get another one of those, like, jokes that was sort of anticipating Family Guy, because the, the guy interviewing Jay asks him, are you prone to having blackouts, and asks him that, like, three times in a row, with, with like, a big pause in between every time.
3: Are you prone to having blackouts? No. Are you prone to having blackouts? No. Are you prone to having blackouts? No. Oh, better than the rest of us, Mr. I-know-where-I-am-at-all-times.
0: Where it's, yeah, it kind of felt like the show almost experimenting with that sort of more absurd kind of sense of humor. It's not really the same, like, you know, snappy, like, punchline-driven dialogue we're we we're used to seeing here.
1: Yeah, and and even, like, The Simpsons would never get, like, this bizarre, I think. Like, it was usually more grounded than this.
0: Yeah, so just the show having kind of a very surreal moment. Um, although the, I did also like when uh, Jay says his, at his previous job he made $271,000 a year and the guy just punches him. <laughs>
1: That's, I also I also like his response. He's like, "Have you ever driven like a a 60 wheel?" He's like, "Well, I've pushed like four shopping carts at once versus so, <laughs> yeah. some, some fucking line like that." I thought it was uh, really funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, Jay passes the interview and becomes a trucker. And then uh uh oh yeah, so but we see Jay's first like trucking job is What else? Transporting savvy Indian chewing tobacco. So they bring that back again. So
1: it's ironic. And I guess his his boss is like Sean Connery or something.
0: Yeah, we meet this this sort of mentor character who, yeah, is definitely um, probably Maurice LaMarche doing a uh, Sean Connery impression. Though that's never really, you know, remarked upon. It's just sort of left out there.
1: Yeah, I don't know if like Sean Connery was in a trucking movie that I don't know about. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would doubt it, but who knows? I mean, <laughs> Sean Connery's been in some weird movies.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Although, um, I have to say my, um, the, I think the biggest miscasting of Sean Connery ever is in the first Highlander movie. Have you ever seen Highlander? Uh, I
1: love Highlander. Oh my God. Awesome so Hi- movie.
0: So Highlander <laughs> is, you know, it, he's a it's a Scottish legend. He's a like a Scottish warrior who uh, is immortal and like fights with a sword and all this stuff played by Christopher Lambert, who is French. But then he has this like, I don't know, mentor slash sidekick uh, who is a Spaniard. And Sean Connery plays the Spaniard character. What's amazing
1: about this, I think there's even a line where he says, like, I'm a Spaniard by way of Scotland. Or some shit like that. Like, what the fuck does that mean?
0: Yeah. I just can't believe that they put Sean Connery in a movie about a Scottish superhero and he doesn't play a Scottish character. It's...
1: I don't know what anyone was thinking, oh. but it did make of, uh, one, one, again, Just we're just keep talking about these amazing movies over the yeah. top <laughs> Highlander, uh, all the classics really.
0: And then there was Highlander two, which is just absolutely insane. And oh, I,
1: yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I've heard it's really bad. and I'm very excited. To, oh my to God. They it. just,
0: they just get rid of all the continuity from the, first movie and just go in an entirely different direction and it's it's baffling you know, although you know, they like, managed yeah. to get they managed to get sean connery back which is amazing
1: yeah, yeah it's strange like that wasn't what got him to quit acting it was fucking a uh, league of extraordinary yes. gentlemen
0: he's somehow <laughs> being
1: in in to the quick and he's like i'll keep acting this was fun
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay um so, yeah. Oh, so th- just the the last uh, kind of the last joke before we uh, end act one is uh, Jay, like his first day as a trucker, uh, just on the road, just driving. And it's just very kind of boring and monotonous. And again, the show just, yeah, kind of lets this joke breathe like Jay is literally just driving down the road. And for like a solid 10 seconds, nothing happens, which in TV time is like an eternity. Yeah. It's a
1: really patient joke and it's, it's got a funny payoff of like next sign 50 miles, which is
0: funny. It's a, it's a yeah. good joke uh, yeah. done well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's where the act break happens. Kind of a weird place ending on this kind of weird energy. But anyway, um, uh, as we start act two, Jay is visiting his parents. Um, kind of weird that he'd have time to you know go back to his parents place in in new york if he's on a trucking route but whatever uh, maybe, i may don't maybe he passes by wherever they live i guess <laughs> yeah in that route uh, i don't think they they don't really do much with uh the parents like franklin just has this dumb joke about counting all the words in his sentences like mm-hmm. we've definitely had better Franklin gags, right? But uh, Margot, uh, <laughs> I like this. Margot gives Jay uh, Susan B. Anthony mud flaps to replace the, you know, the typical, you know, sexy lady silhouette mud flaps that you that you see, and then that leads to the other truckers showing off all of their like feminist and like uh, black history mud flaps, which I kind of appreciated. There's Susan B. Anthony mud flaps, much better than yours with the nude women.
2: Oh, what do the other truckers say when they see these?
3: Well, wow. Susan B. Anthony. All well, I got is Betty Friedan. In honor of Black History Month, I got Harriet Tubman on the back and Rosa Parks in the front. I got gold in my ear. What's
0: not to like? And then that's where we meet this uh, Sean Connery mentor figure uh, who tells Jay to choose a handle. Um, he wants cineast, which of course is a fancy word, meaning a, a person that loves film. Uh, but they end up with lard butt.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, it's cause he's fat. <laughs>
0: yeah. As what, the what show a, constantly reminds oh, us. Wh-
1: what, what an overweight man critic <laughs> he, he is.
0: Yeah. though no, no, I have to say it, it is just impressive how much they... They keep hammering that joke in new ways. Like, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but there's when uh, Jay drives his truck into the weigh station and um, the guy says, I'm sorry, it's it's too heavy to be on the road. But then we see that the truck is transporting helium.
1: <laughs> and it flies out when he gets out of the truck. Yeah. That's,
0: that's fun. That's, that's
1: <laughs> creative for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, after jay ends up with the name lardbutt he like says he's got to, you know he's got to endear himself to his fellow truckers he's got to find a way to earn their respect and of course as soon as he says that we hear about the dispatcher has a super tough run transporting politically correct textbooks to new york
3: truck you'll be taking has no brakes no shocks and a super tramp tape stuck in the eight track player do i have a volunteer I'll make the run. Excellent. Uh, do you have another truck? Yeah, with Leonard Nimoy sing Super Tramp stuck in a tape player. And I'm off.
1: Oh man, you know, as as some, as a fan of Super Tramp, I would love that trip. That sounds great. <laughs> Just blast that for 24 hours.
0: What was their big, did Super Tramp do cold as ice? Was that them? No, that's that's foreigner. You're thinking of foreigner. <laughs> oh.
1: Okay. Uh, you're as cold as ice. Uh, you are seeing <laughs> stars in your eyes. <laughs> um, what, no, Su-
0: what Super Tramp. Christopher Walken?
1: No, that was uh, that's an Aqua Teen Hunger Force where they had like the foreigner oh, belt. Oh,
0: okay, right. Um, anyway, but right, no, the, no, uh, s- the Super
1: Tramp had a bunch of big songs. They had um, "Goodbye Stranger" was a big one. The logical oh. song.
0: What? Right, yes. Bre- they did the Breakfast in America album. Yeah, Breakfast in America. Okay.
1: It's another big one. um Yeah, uh, they were really big uh, popular band at the time uh, in the 70s, I guess. But I, I like them. They're, they're a fun kind of Beatles-esque poppy band.
0: Yeah. uh Yeah, like a 70s kind of pop rock. Yeah. Uh, I'm remembering them now. I definitely heard them on... Um, classic rock radio a lot growing up.
1: Yeah. KLOS blasted that for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so Jay volunteers for this, uh, you know, impossible run. Uh, so, uh, so then, yeah, we're on the road. Jay is on his, uh, CB radio. And then we get this thing where he's looking for, female companionship i'm seeking female companionship me sensitive
2: kind you not fat
1: oh oh sherman you hypocrites yeah you you, you, <laughs> you are yourself are the fat one i know at first <laughs> it sounds
0: really bad but then yeah you got to realize they're making fun of jay being a hypocrite they're not actually like yeah being fat phobic i don't i don't think i didn't take it that way
1: no, I I didn't, I didn't either. Yes, uh, yeah. It's,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, but then who who should respond? But Thelma and Louise in the car next to him, uh, and then when they see Jay's face pressed up against the window, that is what sends them over the cliff.
1: It's it's fun. Uh, it, I, I, yeah, I get it's a I give it a six seven out of ten joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <just> an okay.
0: <laughs> uh, and that's another like that the. Uh, the finale of film and Louise, definitely something that I saw parodied a lot before I saw the actual film. Um, like, I remember it's in, uh, I believe it's Wayne's World 2? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I remember in Wayne's World 2. I still haven't seen the movie, so I only really know it from the parodies.
0: So. Oh, it's it's really good. It's really good.
1: That's what I heard, yeah.
0: Classic kind of, I guess you'd call it like a, you know, a female empowerment movie, but I... Honestly, like anyone could enjoy it. It's, it's just, it's really good. So after the uh, run-in with Thelma and Louise, oh, that's where he gets pulled over by the redneck sheriffs who uh, turns out they they actually love New York and know a ton about it.
3: I just got one
0: question for you, son.
3: When's Tamajanowicz's new book
0: coming out? I'm gonna read that sucker.
3: Huh? You heard the man, Tamajanowicz. She sure that's pretty. Look, I don't know. Well, then answer me this. Are there still five-minute delays on the BDF and Q lines between Penn Station and Morningside Heights?
1: Yeah, very, very cosmopolitan uh, police officers. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, just kind of a, you know, definite uh, subversion of the typical kind of uh, uh, expectation. Yeah. Um, which is almost like so one to one, like it's such a direct one eighty that it's almost predictable. But but then, like the those two redneck sheriffs come back later. Hey,
3: says here, Samuel Beckett's Endgame is playing at the Belasco Theater with Mandy Patinkin and, and Sean's. Hot dang, <laughs>
1: Yahoo! Yes, the, they're going to see uh, the better Endgame. Uh, than, yes, <laughs> than what we're all used to, I would say.
0: <laughs> I let's see. I've, i I went through like a big Samuel Beckett phase in college. I, I read a lot of his stuff. Uh, uh. So uh, I've definitely read Waiting for Godot, um, which I found out that is the that's how they pronounce it in Europe. Which to me, I think, makes it the official pronunciation. So,
1: oh, so it's not Godot, which is what I always thought it was.
0: Yeah, I know that's that's the popular pronunciation, but that's only in America you know they what? say it that way. Yeah. Um, let's, so just yeah say, I, let's just say,
1: let's just say, waiting for Gaddit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for Uh
0: But yeah, I actually Gadot. saw it. Um, <laughs> oh god, this is gonna make me sound like an elitist, like Jay Sherman. But I actually saw a production of Waiting for Gatto, uh in Dublin, Ireland, by the Samuel Beckett Players.
1: Oh, that must have been awesome like the real authentic experience really good
0: yeah it was yeah it was amazing um i think that's still i wait let me think i think that's the only beckett i've seen performed but yeah like i said i've read a lot of his stuff Endgame. if if people aren't familiar with it it's this very weird kind of experimental uh i guess you call it existentialist play where like two of the characters are just like Uh, heads peeking out of pots that and they they never move for the whole play and it's yeah it's just very weird very i guess you'd call it very arty uh so definitely the sort of thing that like uh yeah new york uh cosmopolitan people would be into or at least pretend to be into
1: (laughs) i mean is it is it good did you did you like it when you read it
0: um i mean i i I mean, I will admit, I did not really understand what was going on. I I don't think I could even describe to you what happens in that play. Uh, so, um, so I'll say, sure, it, it's it's a masterpiece. Everyone should read it. Good good save
1: there, Brian. Good yeah. save. We we all we all know you're smart now. So, <laughs>
0: um, but then they they also mentioned and chance which I had never heard of. I had to. Well, I had to guess how that was spelled so I could look it up, but it's, I found it here um, on Google. Uh, Mummenschance is a Swiss mask theater troupe who perform in a surreal mask and prop oriented style. Uh, Founded in 1972, the group became popular for its play with bizarre masks and forms, light and shadow, and their subtle choreography.
1: Oh, so it's like Gallagher.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I believe I believe they opened for Gallagher. Yeah, that, that's uh, in the that's 80s. what I would
1: think. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: so yeah, uh hilarious that a couple of uh, you know, down home country boys would uh love to go see Endgame and Moment Chance.
1: <laughs> that's not what they do. They they should like uh, a littered Skinnerd and uh I don't know Confederate flags, I guess on the
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, all right, so so yeah, so Jay is on the road. He picks up the textbooks from Miami, and as he's leaving Miami, there's this sign that says, uh, "You're now leaving Miami. We'll get you next time." <laughs>
1: Which I, I really appreciated. As someone who lived in Florida for a, f- a few years, uh, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it sucks. <laughs> it's not a great what, place What to part live. of Florida? I lived in uh, West Palm, which is about an hour, maybe a little less from Miami, uh, but definitely in, in the same area. And, oh, boy, it, it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy. The animals are as scary as you imagine they are. <laughs> um, I remember just like driving down the road and seeing like this giant bird like just standing on its legs, and I'm like, "This is a dinosaur, you know? Like it looks <laughs> like a bird, but this is this is a fucking dinosaur." <laughs> you know, I'm gonna die. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I um uh you know my uh my grandparents retired to Florida, so I uh, I never oh, well, how lived how, there, but- how
1: unique of them of your. <laughs> What what you yeah. I know, right? There?
0: <laughs> God, I know. So I visited Florida a bunch, but yeah, never lived there for any period of time. But yeah, I know, I know people from there, and yeah, I've met people that have spent a lot of time there, and 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 yeah, uh, a lot of their their stories kind of coalesce into like, oh yeah, it's hell, and I'm glad I'm not there anymore.
1: When I when I was there. Oh, because I, I went there to work for a, a video editing job. Uh, my coworkers would ask me where I'm from. They're like, oh, I'm from California. you are like, oh, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> like, why did you move here?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Because all of them were trying to get to California. Like, that was kind of like the joke. They were all trying to become successful enough sure, that they could yeah. go move to California. And I'm like, well, there just wasn't any work in California. That, that's why I moved to Florida. But uh, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. if you live
0: outside of here... You don't really know how, like, uh, how the film industry is, you know, slowly but surely being exported to everywhere besides here.
1: And I guess there is still kind of like a grapes of wrath idea of California, (laughs) (laughs) as like this great place where like anyone can get a a job or whatever, when it's like not true, like really at all. It's just as
0: shitty as anything else. Like there, there's a reason that it's so easy to get an apartment with only a six month lease here. It's because (laughs) people will move here thinking they're going to be an actor or, you know, they're, they're going to break it big in Hollywood. Uh, six months later, they will have failed and they'll give up and they'll move back home. You know, it's a, It's a cliche at this point.
1: And for those of us uh, born here, we're just, uh, we start out failing and we fail for the rest of our lives. And then we have no place to yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Pretty much. Yeah, because you were born
1: in uh, Malibu. I was born in Malibu, so I, I had a bit of a, a head start. It's kind of like uh, pressing the, the boost down on Mario Kart. Yeah. And then, but then I, I crashed immediately into a wall. Uh, and and the, the Lakitu had to rescue me from the pit. And I yeah, never recovered.
0: <laughs> yeah i i was born and grew up in the uh san fernando valley um which is yeah also a bit like uh yeah getting the the mushroom in mario kart before uh inevitably getting a uh, blue shell um or i shouldn't i shouldn't say blue shell because that implies i was in first place which i definitely wasn't um uh but yeah just to continue that whole uh mario kart uh An <laughs> analogy yeah yeah all right so let's get back to the episode shall Yay, we yeah, um, yeah. all right okay <laughs> so jay is uh, on his way back to new york with these uh, textbooks and he says he you know he can't stop for anything and then he's tempted to stop by things on the side of the road including a a bunch of french chefs that have that their their bus has broken down um and then, i i liked this the uh meet ingmar bergman 25 cents
1: <laughs> that was a good one i, I did oh, enjoy that
0: yeah it like if if only they had like uh actually gotten ingmar bergman to do like a, a vocal cameo or something but oh uh, yeah uh but that was great um so he eventually yeah he does make it to the school and we get Yeah, this very it's another like, you know, parody of the classic uh, uh, movie scene where they're like, you know, uh, he's on his way. We just got We just can't give up hope.
3: I'm sorry. The politically correct book truck's not here yet, but the driver's on the way. When is he going to get here? He or she, son, he or she was lost
1: yeah th- this was this this subplot was interesting because i wasn't sure if the writers were making fun of pc culture
0: or if they like liked pc culture um i th- well i can kind of vaguely remember in the 90s when uh like pc when like politically correct even became like a phrase like when it entered the popular vocabulary it was definitely mocked I think just for being a new idea like you know how people are resistant to change of any kind so so like when it was first proposed that yeah you should say he or she instead of defaulting defaulting to saying he all the time or when you should should do things like say police officer instead of policeman um yeah people thought that was ridiculous or they thought like they would make these ridiculous, like, uh, uh, slippery slope arguments like, oh, what's next? Uh, uh I can't, I can't think of a <laughs> example right now, but, um, but yeah, people were definitely resistant to the idea. I, it,
1: it, it, yeah. And, um. Yeah, I guess that's how I thought of it, too, that they were making fun of it. It just seems so insane now that, like, people were like, oh, I can't say he I have to say he or she. Like, just the fact that people were mad about that now seems just so hilarious considering, like, where we are now in 2020.
0: (laughs) I just remembered, yeah, there was – I remember watching a uh, a George Carlin stand-up special where he's like, um, you know, these – these uh politically correct people, they take it too far. Like, okay, I agree, you should say police officer or congressperson, but if they had their way, a woman's man would be a person's person. Like <laughs> Yeah.
1: It's it's old people reacting to change. I was, you know, the same way when I when I was when I used to do stand-up comedy in college, I, I fell into that kind of PC trap. I, you know, I believe the the slippery slope argument. I had this kind of heightened sense of importance, like, oh, I'm gonna change the world by saying shitty jokes mm. or <laughs> whatever. And it it was really, I just kind of had to like listen to people and just kind of like talk to the ones that are that were getting, you know, quote unquote, triggered, to realize like, oh, this actually does like hurt people. You know, like I really shouldn't be doing this. And then I stop because like people were like legitimately sad and crying over this stuff. And I'm like, why would anybody want to make somebody feel bad? Like, that's not what I want to do as a comedian. Like there has to be like, no, I'm, I can, I can do something else. Like I don't want to hurt people.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I forget where I, uh, saw this, um, first, it was probably just some random person on Twitter, uh, but they said that, uh, being politically correct basically just means uh treating everyone with respect.
1: Yes. Um, and
0: you know, when you when you kind of realize that then yeah, it makes a lot of sense and and then suddenly like seeing people being against PC culture, uh you kind of realize oh, they just want to be dicks.
1: Yeah, like how dare how dare they say I I have to treat everyone like a human being. <laughs> and I talk
0: like, to Like how dare 95. they be inclusive?
1: It's so funny and I love there, there was some um there was some comment like when um when this was kind of having a resurgence in the the 2000s um that guy who um makes like who's kind of known for making really dark jokes um uh Anthony Jeselnik I think is the guy's name Oh yeah um he yeah when this was all happening he made like some statement that was like look if people aren't laughing at your joke because you're like being you know unpolitically correct like write a better
0: joke Oh yeah and Anthony just like that's the guy whose whole career is is making offensive jokes.
1: Yeah and he was like dude like clearly you told a bad joke like make a better joke. <laughs> you know and I and yeah. I thought that was so funny. Like yeah like you said like the guy who's like known for this stuff was like no like clearly PC is fine it's good
0: <laughs> like you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah even if you listen to Anthony Jessel's material yeah it's all really uh, like offensive and shocking but it's never punching down. You know, he he definitely picks his targets wisely.
1: Did you did you ever have this... Um, when, when I was doing stand-up comedian, I always kind of got the impression that, like, the dirtier a comic was, like, the nicer they were, and the cleaner a comic was, the bigger of a jerk they were.
0: Uh, that is maybe true when you get to, like, real, like, professional comedians, but if you're talking about, like, the people that open mics, um, it's kind of... <laughs> the opposite. Oh, interesting.
1: I guess I was uh, yeah, I guess I was thinking of like headliners and stuff and I used to do um, shows. I remember like the people that were making like the more like kind of dark stuff were like super nice to me and then there was like these guys that like wouldn't swear or wouldn't tell any kind of like and a lot of their jokes I would honestly even call like not, you know, uh, politically correct cuz it was you, you know a lot of like whatever. And they were always like super mean to me. They were like just complete assholes to me. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just a separate observation.
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Any, uh, anyway, I I did I did open mics for about uh maybe like a year, year and a half, and um, it like it was just a real eye opener for me because I I had been a a big comedy fan for a long time before that. I had gone to a lot of comedy shows, and when I finally got the inkling to kind of try it for myself and started going to open mics, it. It, it really opened my eyes of just like oh my god like stand-up comedy is a, a terrible world um, oh yeah
1: that's that's why i left it because it, i was just sad all the time and like yeah. performing at an open mic in front of like other angry comics if you even get an audience is like the worst feeling in the world i wouldn't wish that upon anybody it's it's no. so yeah. fucking demoralizing
0: yeah, it's such crab-in-a-bucket mentality.
1: Yes, yes. Everyone's trying to pull you down, you know, because like nobody wants anyone else yeah. to succeed because everyone's, like, just hardened and, like, just fucking miserable because they've been doing the same open mic for, like, 30 years and never got anywhere.
0: Yeah, that's, that's why I felt really fortunate as someone who wanted to do comedy in L.A. but didn't want to do stand-up. Like, I uh, gravitated much more towards uh, sketch comedy, which is like, you know, you're on a team, so it's collaborative by nature, and it's just much more of a positive environment. Like, people who come to your shows are, like, happy to be there, (laughs) and uh, everyone in the show, like, loves doing it. It's such a different world.
1: It is really fun. Like, I started getting the the sketch comedy when I um, moved back from Florida. You know I met, you know, uh, people like you. And, um, Mm. you know, some of the other, cause I didn't really know what sketch comedy as a world was until I started kind of going to the shows like the pack theater and things like that. And it look it is a different environment. It's a lot more fun. It's a lot more supportive. Like, I just remember being in comedy, like everyone just like hating each other like nobody, like you had to do (laughs) so much work to like prove yourself as like one of them oh yeah it it reminded me a lot of like nerd culture like when you join a fan club of some kind and like until you prove that you know everything about like goku like no no one will talk to you it's like unless until you bomb like a hundred times in an open mic like nobody will respect you which is just a shitty attitude to have it's just not a cool way of looking at the world
0: yeah uh yeah i'm uh, yeah i'm uh Glad I I'm not doing stand up comedy anymore. Although you know, all all respect to people who who want to do that because oh, yeah. like I know there are people who aren't they they don't have that toxic attitude. They really just they do want to perform and and just you know entertain people, which is definitely a a, a noble profession. So you know more power to them.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I guess now getting back to uh, the critic, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where we are. Um. Yeah, you were saying that he does a movie reference. I think he does a uh, Lawrence of Arabia at this point. Uh, let's or am see. I th- Or is it a different? Because he like I remember. There's like he he's standing like above. He's standing on top of the the truck. Oh. There's all this music. Is is that a Lawrence of Arabia reference or is that you know, something?
0: It could be. I haven't actually seen Lawrence of Arabia. It's it's
1: it's pretty good. I mean, it's got some problems, but it's it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. It's also, like, four hours long.
1: I had to watch it, in um... God, I don't even remember where I... Maybe it was even high school I watched it. That sounds insane, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, I say that as someone who's not really averse to long movies. Like, one of my favorites is Barry Lyndon, which is Mm -hmm. three hours, and I voluntarily have sat through Avengers Endgame multiple times, uh, which is three hours. Um... (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I, I gotta see, uh, Lawrence of Arabia one of these days. Um,
1: but I think that is what they're referencing. I'm sure someone will, will tell us what the actual movie is.
0: It could also be, um, like, uh, uh, Smokey and the Bandit, which is where, you know, uh, Burt Reynolds is bringing, um, a truckload of, uh, Coors beer like across state lines, and I think they do that whole scene where he's like, "Well, I guess he's not coming," and then he triumphantly drives up right, with his right. beer, so they can have a, so they can drink warm Coors in the middle of the day, the, the,
1: the like a real American. Yeah. <laughs> like like when you go to a bar and say I want a beer, what you mean is you want a warm Coors from a can.
0: Right. <laughs> So, yeah, so, but that's not even the end of the episode. We're only at the end of act two oh here. Oh my where, God. <laughs> yeah, where I'm Jay sure. is now. Um, he, he, you know, he's uh, endeared himself to his fellow truckers, and uh, the Sean Connery guy uh, changes uh, Jay's call sign from lard butt to hard butt by carving. You know, lines line. into yeah. the into his door to change the L into an H.
1: Right, because because he doesn't have any feeling in his in his butt anymore after right. watching so many bad movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I love the the movie parody that they show to demonstrate to demonstrate <laughs> that it's uh, basically every which way but loose. The movie with uh, where um, Clint Eastwood is paired up with an orangutan.
3: Ooh, someone's kissing me must be a beautiful woman. Now, I'll make sweet love to you while keeping my eyes closed the whole time. Clyde.
1: You <laughs> see so they're like making out with the monkeys. I'm going to have sex with you without opening my <laughs> yeah. eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah, one of the racier jokes I think in in the show. Oh where, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, we got we got a little blue there for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like even Every Which Way But Loose got a sequel in in the real world. Uh, oh, my God. Any Which Way You Can, I believe it's called. I've I've seen
1: neither of them, so <laughs> there you
0: go. The first one's funny if okay. you, you know, if you just, you know, d- go in with <laughs> uh, appropriately low expectations.
1: I, yeah, I'll be honest. I don't like movies where it's, it's just like a monkey and that's the joke. I just never thought monkeys were that funny. (laughs) Wow. Okay. But for some reason, other people were like, the fact that a monkey is here is hilarious. I'm like, no, not really. It's just (laughs) a fucking monkey.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's get into act three where we've still got to get, you know, since it is a sitcom, we've got to end where we began, meaning Jay has to end up a film critic again somehow. So yeah,
1: the status quo must be returned to. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, um, oh yeah, so at the beginning of Act 3, that's where we get the, the joke at the way station with the truck being full of helium. Uh, so then... Oh, because he takes his his son
1: with him, and um, there's a fun gag where he's like, oh, I bet you love me more than uh, the other guy now.
2: I finally topped your mom's boyfriend,
3: Alberto. Hey, Marty? Alberto! It's my new toy. Hop in. I'll let you fire the machine gun. Thank you, Uncle Al.
1: Please call me Daddy.
3: With pleasure.
1: And uh, and, the, and he comes down on like this airplane, um, which uh, w- which I thought was a nice touch. It looked like it had like Gatling guns on the side of it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> which was pretty cool. So yeah, that
0: is uh art our, our, like Jay's ex-wife's new uh boyfriend like I don't think they're married yet but yeah the uh new kind of stepfather figure in Marty's life totally showing up Jay Jay can just never win and then I I have to mention uh the the scene where the 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 guy like calls the the how am I driving number to complain about Jay and Jay pranks him by putting on the the voice of his fake assistant Ethel
2: hello you don't like Mr. Sherman's driving. Is he weaving from side to side? Is he breaking suddenly? Is he throwing a vanilla shake at you? <laughs> hmm. We're disconnected.
0: Ow. Which, uh, yeah, we've seen Ethel pop up uh, a couple other places in the show Uh so she's always great.
1: Is, is this where, when they go to the restaurant or is that later?
0: No, yes, we, we are there. So, yeah. So Jay's hanging out with his new trucker friends. They go, of course, to Lane Reicht, uh, uh Jay's favorite restaurant. Um, <laughs> I like that uh, Vlada is like, put them in the fruit cellar with Mama.
1: <laughs> uh, and then that and that's where we saw that yeah that's where we, where we see the cops again and uh, which is a fun little callback
0: yeah, yeah so then uh, as they're leaving the restaurant the there's kind of a mix-up at the valet which well here we get kind of another kind of problematic joke the the truck has been stolen by just a gay guy who says
2: wait until the boys at club manhole see this
0: Okay, yeah, I was wondering
1: what the joke was supposed to be. So yeah, it was uh, a well, gay like I'm joke. not sure
0: what the joke is supposed to be. <laughs> well, actually, like, because like, I thought, like, is this just a gay joke? I guess. Or, all right. Well, I mean, okay, so he's a gay character, but then what? What's the joke with gay people and and big trucks? I don't really get that.
1: I I, don't, I guess they're gonna shove the the truck up their asshole. I guess that's what I'd... gay people do. <laughs> I don't fucking.
0: I don't know. Maybe they're gonna. Like they're gonna turn it into like a, a party bus or something. They're gonna like go dance in the in the the cargo area. I don't know.
1: Well, you know, I uh, you know I I am gay and I like trucks, so you know I guess I answered my own question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or All <whatever>. right. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so the back at uh, Lane Reach, the truckers say they're going to go see the movie Ultimate Force. Uh, Just based on the name, they're sure it's going to be awesome. Um, But it turns out to be a science documentary hosted by Stephen Hawking.
2: And so gravity remains a mystery and truly the ultimate force. It's a bloody science documentary.
3: It's not very bloody.
2: And now to quote a joke I once heard. Planck's constant is neither. Ha, ha, ha.
1: Which, I think, I feel like this is, like, the prime era of, like, Hawking jokes.
0: Was, like, the 90s. Like, Stephen Hawking was, like, the funniest thing
1: on sitcoms. Everyone was using him.
0: Yeah. Although, at least they, you know, the show doesn't, like, make fun of, you know, the fact that he's in a wheelchair or anything like that. It's just... I don't know, the fact that he's a scientist and he's boring.
1: Yeah, I, you're, that's a good point. I do appreciate that. Um, I love the cutaway to, like, the nerds watching the, the movie yes. in the cars. It was pretty funny.
3: Ooh, this is where Vanderwall's forced. force. No, don't give it away. Quiet, I'm trying to read back here.
1: Also, you know, I think uh, um, a truck going to a drive through theater, I think that's a, a joke The Simpsons does also when, um, when, when fucking uh, Homer becomes a truck driver.
0: Yeah, I do like the shot of the the truck with still the it's like carrying something in back, like uh, like the con- it's got a container on it. Like they don't take just the the truck. Um, so yeah, it's they just kind of stuff it into a, a drive drive in space.
1: <laughs> and and this is where they're all very upset because the movie wasn't what they thought it was.
3: How could this happen? If only there were people whose job it was to watch movies and tell others about them so tragedies like this could be avoided. But they could do more than that. They could rate movies by a system in which some body part is pointed triumphantly towards the heavens or sheepishly towards the earth. You mean thumbs up or thumbs down? I guess that'd work, too.
0: Uh, And then I I could kind of feel like... Even the writers of the show were like, God, we just, we just got to finish this fucking episode. Yeah, like, it, just... it, ends,
1: it ends really abruptly. They really wrap this up quickly.
0: Yeah, so Jay goes back to Duke and asks him for his job back, and Duke immediately is like, uh, yeah. Duke, I want
3: my job back. I- you got it. Rex Reed's filthy tobacco habit is turning off our key two-to-65-year-old audience.
0: Uh, and then just, yeah, we get the the uh, like the, you know, the black circle closing in uh, to a black screen and it says the end, which like, yeah, we even end on like not that great of a punchline. But that even leads to this weird little coda where um, we've seen this before in the show, too, where Jay like comes out from behind the curtains a- as like this post show sort of like. All right, we're 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 kind of like, you know, dropping the fourth wall now. We're going to uh, address the audience directly um, for not really any good reason.
2: Well, that's our show for tonight. If you want to read more about trucking, I'm sorry, but there just aren't any trucking books out there.
0: <laughs> Which is pretty funny. I thought that was good. <laughs> and uh, but right Write like he says. You can write in for a transcript of the show,
1: or like r- write like what like write what you think the moral is, or something like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, just a very weird scene that I didn't even think was really that funny, and that's what we end on. Yeah,
1: um, and then you get the, I guess the last gag where he says he's you know the because I guess they do a theater gag in at the, the end, chair. which is fun. <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's the episode. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That brings this episode to a close. So, so yeah, like I said at the beginning, not one of my favorite uh, critic episodes. In fact, I think, yeah, this episode and the one following it are kind of the low point of the series.
1: Do, do you think this one's better or worse than the next one?
0: I think this one's better because the, the next one just gets mean. Like it, I, you kind of feel like the, the, the writers or the producers like lost their passion for the show as a whole. Uh, cause I guess just to give a little preview, um, Jay's mom, uh, writes a children's book called the fat little pig, which is obviously based on Jay and, and Jay's life becomes hell because of it. Everyone thinks he's the book character.
1: Oh Christ.
0: <laughs> and Jay gets, uh, he gets a puppy and the, the timeline of the episode is so long that we see the, the puppy become a full grown dog. But like. They never really like use the dog that well. Like they try to give him a cute, uh, a couple like cute, funny moments, but none of them really work that well. And uh, well, anyway, I should probably save some of this for the actual episode. But yes,
1: I was just wondering how if I lucked out a little bit by getting like the oh, the slightly yeah. the slightly better episode. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry sure. I
0: couldn't give you a, a better episode. I'll, no, I'll have to bring it, you it, back in season two. Oh, thank you.
1: Um, well, I'm used oh, to watching yeah. Bad Things uh, thanks to my podcast, right. so I'm I'm all prepped for it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so you have that to look forward to in next week's episode. Yay! Uh, we'll we'll try to make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, uh, so uh, Madeline, uh, remind uh, everyone, uh, what they can, um, you know, where they can go or what they can listen to, to get more of your stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, right now, uh, my, I guess w- one of my focuses is this podcast called Land Before Timeland, where me and my co-host, uh, Chris Nebergall, uh, watch every single movie in the Land Before Time franchise, uh, of which there are 14, Fourteen Land Before Time movies. Wow. Uh, yes, we couldn't believe it either. <laughs> um, the last one, the last one came out in 2016, so this is quite an adventure. Um, I, I think by the time this one comes out, we'll have had maybe three or four episodes. Uh, out and um, they it's they're they're something they're they're very bad and uh, (laughs) I but they're they're interesting bad like we were kind of worried that these movies were going to be boring when that hasn't really been the case there's always been something kind of bizarre to talk about in each episode and uh, so you can check us out on where wherever you get podcasts just search land before time land uh, including Spotify we're also on Facebook land before time land um, Twitter uh, Patreon if you end up liking the episode and you have money to spare in these hard times Um, and also you can check out um, our band Inkblot uh, on SoundCloud Um, I think we're on Spotify now I actually don't know, maybe we're not on Spotify um, oh. we should be on, we should be on Spotify. I'll put Now <laughs> I'll, I'll get to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're on, um, SoundCloud and you know, we get, we're also on Facebook with inkblot the band and Twitter and Instagram. And eventually we're going to be doing something with that. We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly eager to start, you know, having practices and, and gigs again. Cause yeah, playing in a band, especially with you guys is, is honestly one of the uh, best things I, I, ever got involved in. Aww,
1: thank you. I feel the same way. I'm itching to just jam with people because it's, it's so much fun and it's so much fun to play with you and the rest of the band. So, uh, look forward to that.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. So yeah, check out land before time land, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, check out inkblot. Again, we do have a four song demo on SoundCloud, maybe on Spotify. Um, <laughs> we'll and, <see>. um, <laughs> And yeah, if you want to get into contact with uh, this show, uh, you can contact ItStinksPod at gmail.com or ItStinksPod on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, what have you. I check them all. This show is really uh, a one-man operation. So where, however you uh, get into contact with me, I'll be sure to see it. Um, All right, Madeline, thank you so much again for joining me on this episode, and I hope uh, all of you out there will join us uh, again next week for It Stinks, The Critic Podcast.
1: A a good-smelling podcast. It's not actually a stinky podcast. (laughs) It's a, a nice, refreshing air freshener, new car smell of podcasts.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of It Stinks, The Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubinow. Our theme song is by Brandon Beck. You can email the podcast at itstinkspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter and Instagram at itstinkspod.